We are the tide from the north We're brave and we're bold Defeating our rivals Never gets old Making our way to the Big Sky Conference Watch out cause here comes the silver and gold the club for the vandals of idaho tribe of the north brave and bold to the official unofficial podcast of your idaho vandals and the vandals affiliate on the big sky podcast network i'm your host and also uh this week your substitute grade f producer brian marceau and joint i'm going to be joined today it's a two-man panel first time ever brian and boatman b squared Best of all time, Alex Boatman. How's it going? It's going well, Brian. I feel feel lazy over here. You're out here tweeting everything out. You're running the show from behind. You're hosting. I, I just provide the content, I guess. I guess that's all I'm good for these days. But, you know, Brian, I know why you're here. You're here for one reason one reason only. It's not to talk to Vandals. It's to talk about my Mountaineers, all right? We already covered their game on Saturday, post-game, because you heard that update. But they don't have a game this week, Brian. I know you're, you're upset. Who are you going to watch Saturday? Uh, before the Vandals, right? I don't know what you're going to do, but don't fret. Don't fret. Basketball season is upon us, and we are a basketball school. Let's be real. We have Coach Huggins. That's all that matters here anymore. And you, you're going to have the inside scoop on West Virginia basketball, top recruits, mm-hmm. how they're faring in the I'm, – I'm an idiot right now. Are, they have – have they – they're still in the ACC? We're, we're in the Big 12. Big you know, 12 I mean, we, we, were, we were three seed last year. Um you know, Zach Kloss has one win last year. Bob Huggins, meanwhile, has nine hundred over nine hundred career wins. So you could say they're comparable. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, like yeah. a factor of uh, three hundred. Not not a big yeah. deal. No, uh, I'm not a math major, but a factor of three hundred sounds like a minor deal. And you listeners might be wondering, okay, how many more minutes are we going to go on uh, West Virginia football and basketball? Many more. That's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, but when we're done talking West Virginia sports, which again is never. We're go. We're here for. It's weird to say this, Alex. This is the third time in 2021 Idaho is going to play Eastern Washington. Uh, second yeah. time, second time we're playing them in Cheney. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the number two Eastern Washington mm-hmm. Eagles. We're not going to spend a ton. Of, we're really not going to spend time talking about Portland State guys. We record an entire reaction show live. All, from, from all the, four of us. Yeah, live from the Boatman's. RV and no, they don't rent. They buy. Which just side note, I have to address this. It's just because I've never owned the been a family that owned an RV. It didn't occur to me that like every single person I've ever met who has an RV bought it. No one rents it except the people you see in the summer with those ones where like you can see there's advertisements the on the back. Tour America. Yeah, like exactly. I like number on the back. Yeah. Yeah. When I see those, like uh, I had some family members once say, like, "Hey, wouldn't it be great for us to all take a trip in one of those in the summer?" And my first thought was like, "Thank God this person's never going to organize this, so I can say yes and not mean it." <laughs> but uh, you guys' situation would be fantastic. Looked like you guys had a good time. They, they uh, they've owned that. They've been doing that, Brian, for almost ten years. This is their second RV they're on, and they only use it pretty much, probably six, seven times a year, and five or six of those times for Randall football. So. You can see where my parents' loyalty lies. Uh, Dad threw 50 burgers on the grill on Saturday, so that was a light day for him. Man, and I need to get there for a Boatman burger. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we're going to talk down there, in a second, I promise. Head down, head down there, Montana, whenever. Even though I'm not there, Chris and Dallas know the way, so they'll well, stop by for sure. So here, here's my problem. And listeners are going to be wondering, like, okay, like you guys are going to talk about the football game someday. And yeah, someday. No, no, no. Uh, someday we'll get there. But so, I mean, 
you guys were all live. I was the one person who stayed. I live in Coeur d'Alene. I stay in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, just full disclosure, guys. Uh, I took my daughter to the Simon Fraser game. She's three months old. She did great. Had a good time. It's just uh, homecoming. I was concerned that okay, like I don't know if it's the if the environment might be different, uh, if it might like there might be just some difficulties where like okay, we got to park further away, all that kind of stuff. So I just sat at home, uh, ordered a gigantic amount of takeout, and then was terrified I was going to turn myself into a fat ass, which will happen someday. But uh, no, we're going to get there at some point. I can't go to the Montana game either because I've gotten really oh. getting married. In whenever, Actually, whenever you're down, whenever there's multiple other ones, I guess. Actually, only three after, I, after Montana. I half need to hope that the airline strikes take place so I can't go to Denver for the wedding. So I have no choice but to go to the football <laughs> game. Uh, but no, I've got stuff. Go- I'm, I, I actually, I, my relatives live in Missoula and they pick this weekend to get married in Denver. What the? That's it. That's, I, I'm not going to go there, but I guess. Yes, you can go there. This, please, please to, go to, there. To lead into this game, you live in Coeur d'Alene. We play in Cheney. Are you making the, the trek over to Cheney this weekend? <sighs> I, and then it's someday when I don't have a three-month-old. When yeah. I don't have a three- or four-month-old, I'll do it. It's, uh, you know, although, it's tough. Can we talk about – we'll talk about the first topic with this game, 11.30 a.m. kickoff. TV, man. It's not fun. I've played uh, – you know – Real quick about your three-month-old uh, daughter. You know, for all those of you who have not read the ESPN article that I was featured in, yes, I'm a famous ESPN guy now. Uh, I was 13 days old my first game in the Dome. So, uh, you know, got your daughter beat there by a couple months. But 11.30 a.m. kick, Brian. Um, I've been a part of a couple 11 a.m. kicks in my time at, at Idaho. They suck. They are not fun. Um, mainly because it involves waking up as a player you have to wake up at least four hours prior to kick. And because we're not staying the night up there, that means we will bus up there. We'll have to be there by 930, which means we'll leave the dome by 845. They'll probably get a walk through in. They're going to probably be at the dome by 7 a.m. on Saturday. That's a long, that's an early day for your guys, for the Vandals to get up there to Cheney. Um, you know, that's the one quirk about playing close is you, you bust day of rather than staying there the night, night before. Um, so, but but I, I I actually I spoke about bus trip. This is our only bus trip of the year, Brian. We've actually flown to every game. We are flying to every game after that. So, um, props to athletic department for pulling that off. But this is our only bus trip of the year, confirmed. You know, I know you're right about all that, and you're East Coast time. So the eleven thirty kickoff might be friendly for you. I gotta say, when I was preview, looking up the outline, the time of the outline preview this game, I saw eleven thirty and my heart just sank and yeah. double down on that, man. It's good news that it's the root sports game of the week because yeah. that is a different market. The root does a great job uh, with their production. I love the root games, but we know that makes it an ESPN plus blackout. So Vandals yeah. are going to have to find an option B to stream. Bowman, what would you recommend for an option B other? Okay. Option a, get your ass to the game. If you live around here, if you don't have a three month old, if you have, you need to go. This is a close game. I know we we haven't made fun of Chuck Staven in the transfer portal for quite some time because I think he's never oh, going wow. to leave the transfer portal. No, but uh, this is one of the regional rivalries that look. It's a number two team in the FCS. This is this is one of the types of games in the Big Sky we should be happy about. We should be excited. It's taking place. Try to get to that game. But if you can't get to the game, Alex, what mm-hmm. do you, what, I mean, like you're not obviously you're not. Well, maybe you do fly back for cheap. <laughs> But yeah. uh, presuming you're not flying back and you're doing West Virginia related stuff, how what are you going to do to stay updated on this game? 
first of all, I'm doing Pittsburgh related things. I got Steelers tickets for Sunday versus, versus Seahawks Sunday night football. So I'll be a little preoccupied Sunday. So can't fly back out. Um, a root sports. So find the cable, go to your local bar, whatever, find a, uh, find root sports on. Um, if you cannot, if you have to use ESPN plus get, download a VPN. Okay. You can go find a VPN for free, put it on your computer, change your location to somewhere not in the Northwest. This is legal. It happens all the time. Kind of legal. I mean, it's advertised bill to do so. Um, so that's option. Um, option C root sports is available on two um, streaming platforms on AT&T TV now, or they call it direct TV. Now um, you can probably sign up for like a free month or something like that. It's like 85 bucks a month or it is brand new on Fubo TV, which I know does give you a free seven day trial. Okay. So you're in the Northwest, download Fubo TV, get the free seven day trial. Make sure you cancel prior. Make sure you get the Roots Wars package. Um, and who knows? Maybe you just want to keep it because now we got Seattle Kraken on. We got, you know, more big sky football on. I mean, it's getting time to see uh, more sports on, on Root Sports. So Fubo TV, VPN for ESPN Plus, or just go to a restaurant bar, find, find Root Sports. That's, those are my suggestions. I'm glad we had this talk in public uh, because I will definitely be getting a VPN. Yes. And I will definitely be making fun of the Big Sky Podcast Network chat group for people. I'm like the lowest. I'm not the actual grandpa of the group, but like tech wise, I sometimes feel like I'm the grandpa. Um, and I will have figured this out for a couple people. So uh, that's great news for me. But we're we're 10 minutes in. We should probably talk about the game at some point. Oh, that was a game. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eastern Washington... This is, I mean, minus FBS games, of course. Uh, this is an Eastern team that is, at the start of the season, we might not have thought this was toughest on our schedule, but uh, Alex Eastern looks pretty dang good so far. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, um, I haven't been that surprised by them, I guess. I think I kind of actually expected this. I picked them over UNLV. I've, the, only game, the only game I haven't picked them right in all year is against Montana. Um, and that was literally down to the last second. Montana on the backup quarterback, crazy game. That was the only time I've mispicked Eastern. So I've, I've pretty much had Eastern to this point um, right here. Um, you know, they're hot. They have shown some weaknesses, though. You know, letting Western Illinois crawl back in the game versus them. Um, and Western Illinois is not a good football team. They would finish definitely in the bottom tier of the Big Sky Conference, probably below Chris's last Sacramento State that Chris seems to so hate. Um, so I, I think that, you know, this Eastern team is kind of where I expect him to be. They obviously have number three at quarterback who's going to go down in big sky lore is one of the best big sky quarterbacks of all time. Somehow he is still here. Vandal fans do not worry. This is the last time you'll have to see Eric Berrier on an opposing sideline. Like God bless Brian. God bless. But, um, you said we, we've played these guys twice already this year. Um, in our four games back versus these guys, since we've been back to the Big Sky, every single game has been a one-score game except for the except the first one in 2018. So, Vandal fans, I'm not saying that we're going to have a one-score game. That'll be later in predictions. But like when we've been outmatched, right? We have somehow shown up versus Eastern. We match up well versus them somehow. It's in their guys' head. We match up well versus them. We get blown out, or we could just make a game out of this and actually surprise them. I'm not quite sure. Who knows what's going to happen. I think we need to spend a few seconds talking about Eric Berrier yeah. to actually contextualize it because this is one of the – I think this is an odd fact about Eric Berrier in the big sky 
because he's been a starter. He he took over when Gage Gubrud went down with the season-ending injury in 2018. And Eastern went to the championship that year with Barry as their starter. He feels like he's been around forever. And minus his first game against Weaver as a starter in 2018, he's just been unbelievably good forever. And I think it it can almost get old. But Barry is averaging 411 yards per game this season. 21 touchdowns, five interceptions, 68.6 completion percentage. Mm -hmm. And those are not dink and dunks. He has Mm -hmm. probably the best arm in the entire league. He can beat you with his feet too, but what he really beats you with is is his arm. And Alex, did you get to watch any of the Eastern Montana game a couple weeks ago? Brief, brief moments here or there. I switched them back and forth. I had the Vandals on my TV. I had the Mariners on. We're in the playoff hunt at the time. And then in between, I did have Eastern up for a little bit. Okay, he that was one of the first games in in a while in the FCS where he's been able to show how much better he is than everyone, where he completes high degree of difficulty plays that other guys mm-hmm. just can't do. Things like he's getting hit and he he's getting hit while he goes down and throws a 40-yard bomb to the only and it's it's exactly where it needs to be, only where his receiver can get to it. Uh, mm-hmm. that's in spite of that's in spite of pressure. Uh, and just further contextualize it right now. We're not trying to obsess about stats because if you guys have watched him play, look, he passes the eye test. But he has the number three passer in the league in yards per game is Montana State's Matthew McKay at 224. Barrier is almost double his yardage output. And yeah, Matthew, it's an, McKay's it's insane. Great. It's insane. And Big Sky play, right? They're average, he's averaging 444 yards a, a game. Number two is at 301, and that's Northern Arizona. This is in conference play only, right? Um, on the flip side, Idaho is second second to last in uh, yards given up in conference play through the air at 321. Granted, I think that has to deal with us being down versus Portland State, and that flips the game script. I mean, us being ahead a lot versus Portland State, right? And that flips the game script around where they are going to be throwing the whole time and not running a whole lot, as we saw. Right? I think I think Davis Alexander threw, like, what, like 50-something passes, Brian, right? So, I mean, sometimes, yeah, stats don't tell the, the true picture of how games go, right? Um but yeah, Eric Berrier is a monster. It's it's insane. I'm happy this is the last time we got to see him. Um, just thank God. Um, but like I said, for some reason these Vandals, I don't know what it is, just seem to match up well versus Eastern these last three matchups, and I don't get why. It's it's like unexplainable to me. It's like I can't comprehend why. So I I can tell you why I think so, and I I asked Aaron Best about it at media days and. Before I tell you, asterisk, Aaron Best was one of the nicest coaches that I interviewed. He was easily the most open coach. He also kind of laughed at a couple of questions I had that, that were just Idaho Eastern centric, but I'm going to get to the point. Aaron Best told me that the reason Idaho has been competitive with Eastern over the last handful of games is Idaho's physical and Idaho can run the ball well. And those are the types of teams that Eastern is more likely to have difficulty with, which you, in 2019, what you would have seen is Eastern, really they just killed all the less physical teams in the league. And then they looked pretty bad against Montana. didn't look great against Sacramento State. This year, I, now there's a chance Eastern's taken a developmental step there because they handled, I mean, the Montana game was real close, but all the reviews so far of Montana's defense has been it's incredibly physical incredibly tough and Eastern looked fine, but against Portland state, Alex, not, I'm going to say first half, not second half, different monster. 
I thought Idaho's uh, front seven in terms of getting to the quarterback, stuffing run, was mm-hmm. as good as I have seen Idaho since joining the Big Sky. Yeah, you know, I think like I think it kind of goes back to game script, right? Um, when you're down a lot, like we saw Eastern in 2019 in the dome. Um, caution kind of gets thrown to the wind. Like we saw Portland State in the second half. Caution gets thrown to the wind from an offensive play calling perspective. And you just go out there and just throw the ball 80 times a game, right? A little exaggeration. Um, but if you're staying within the score and the margin of score, things get kind of called a certain way. Um, this Idaho team is a physical team. We were talking about this, Brian and I were, prior to getting on here. Guys, we have the second most yards per game in the Big Sky, in Big Sky play this year in rushing the football. 234 yards. We rush the ball. You know what that means? It means we have a physical offensive line. We like to get after it. We're averaging over six yards a rush. Um, six yards a rush in big sky play, which is insane. We're averaging almost almost five and a half yards a rush in all play throughout the year, and that's against two FBS teams. You know, I mean, so what that shows me is we we get like to get after it and have a have a fun time. Um, we've also seen our front seven on defense. You know, I know Favai Favai comes back this week. Um, I've heard he's back. Thank God. Um, nothing against, you know, Hogan or, or Soli. I love both those guys. Both those guys put their hearts out and played fantastically well. But there's a reason Favai Favai starts at other linebacker opposite Trey. So Noah Ellis is finally looking at form. Chuck Acano is like looking meaner than ever, right? I think we're finally seeing old Chuck back. Um, we like to get after it up front. Uh, if we can create some pressure and make Barrier you know, have to make those throws out of the pocket like we saw in the spring in the dome. He had to roll out of the pocket a lot, uh, move, make throws on the run, and then that caused, you know, maybe a slightly bad throw, receiver has to scramble, a drop, things like that. There's factors that go into that. That's why you're right. Idaho is a physical team. You know, we ha- that's our identity. We match up well with that. And if Eastern has taken a round of the corner, Brian, like maybe maybe they are more physical now. Like, you know, we've seen them play Montana, and that's about it. Um how, how physical is Eastern? If they're slightly more physical than they ever have been, then probably not good for the Vandals. And you know, we we can also, Alex, we're going to do some producing in front of everyone really quick. We probably don't need to bounce back uh, in terms of like Eastern and just Idaho as separate sections. We can just talk, keep talking mm-hmm. about both teams. Um, you know, I you talk about the we're talking about the pass rush for Idaho, and really, since we already referenced Eric Berrier. To me, that's one of the big things for Idaho is mm-hmm. Eric Berrier, especially if you watch the Montana game, like this is just a game that people, if you didn't see it, you really missed out. If you did see it, it was a fantastic game to watch. To beat Eastern, look, Eastern is going to put some points on the board, even against Montana, when Montana really did dominate about half of that game defensively. Eastern still finished barely under their, their average at the time of 600 yards per game. They finished with like 584 or something like that against Montana. They're, we know they're going to get yards. That's just going to happen. Um, Idaho needs to be able to get pressure on Barrier to hope that he does have some of those misfires. Because, I mean, he he is accurate, but he, look, he's not perfect, obviously. And against a player that good, we just we need to increase the likelihood that he feels mm-hmm. under pressure. And if he's mm-hmm. under pressure and he's hitting every throw, no one is going to beat Eastern Washington. But if but we do know if he has time in the pocket and he's comfortable. Eric Berry is winning. He, he's done that at Eastern the entire time he's been there. Idaho has been one of the couple successful teams because we have speed on the edge like Montana. Um, for for Berry to beat us with his legs, um, it's a little more opportunistic. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, Berry against Northern Colorado, he can really do whatever he wants. You know, Eastern hangs 60 on Northern Colorado last week. They had 22 in the first quarter. Um, 
that that obviously is something Idaho needs to have not happen. And with our physicality, I think Idaho fans should expect there's a chance this game being competitive. But it is really going to come down to as uh, you know, phase one of can we make Barry have to make high degree of difficulty plays? Because if mm-hmm. he's going to make them, no one's going to beat him. But we've seen in the dome, he can overthrow guys. We've seen it in Cheney. I'm, I'm going to kind of throw the Cheney game last year out uh, because the wind really mattered for both sides. But we have seen Idaho's pressure make life hard for Barry at least in uh, for parts of games. And that to me is our first key. It, if Can we put Barry in a position where he has to make the throws that only Eric Barry can make? Because the more of those he has to make, the more likely it is that Idaho is going to be in that position we need to be where we're not trying to claw back against the best offense in the nation. Yeah, like yeah, we have to get after him, make him feel uncomfortable. I I, I think I want to see a good bend don't break mentality, right? We know we're gonna get beat at some point, um, by by barrier. That's just like a, that's like a given, right? But it's how often, how how much you can minimize that, and then if we do let them into the red zone, let's hold them to field goals, right? Let's keep them out of the end zone. Um, that's gonna be, that's gonna be to me a big key to the game. Um, I know if we're skipping ahead here, but like, how do we beat Eastern? It's Stop them! Make them make them kick field goals. I, um, that's that's honestly uh, miss field goals specifically over the left upright. Um, yeah, as far as I know, it never went in. So it's how call it how I see it. <laughs> um, you know, looking at the weather real quick, Brian. It is supposed to be uh, high fifties, low sixties. Kick a little cloudy. Winds about ten miles an hour in Cheney, so not terrible. But it could get a little breezy. Could probably see some gusts occasionally. Um, we are playing football outdoors, folks. I know, right? It's crazy. I don't know why anyone would ever do that. Um, so um, I'd like to see if we get after him, make him, make him play some, make some bad throws, and then a little bend, don't break. Don't give up the big play. Um, is Limu Jones still out at receiver for them? That is a great question, Alex, and a, a great segue into one of the topics we do need to go over, which is our secondary matching up against Eastern's. Yeah. I know on our show uh, in the spring preview, in the fall preview, Colton Juana said he thought uh, Montana had the most talented receivers. I think the jury has to be in its Eastern. Yeah, I, I, I you know, Eastern with Boston and, and Lima Jones. I mean, those guys are fantastic. And you know who I would actually even put second if we're all healthy? The Idaho Vandals have a pretty good damn receiving core, too. Um, Terrest trainers look like a baller more and more each day. You know, there's a guy named Hayden Hatton still around, Cottrell, Haywood, uh, Connor Whitney's our tight end. Not many other teams use our tight ends much, that much. So, um, you know, but Eastern's receivers look like a problem. And if Limo Jones is out, not I never wish ill upon anyone. He's already He already was ill. If he could just be out another week, I'm not going to complain, Brian. I'm not, I'm not going to complain if he's out another week. I'm doing some very, very quick research while while I'm talking, but uh, Tulu Lima Jones right now he actually leads the he leads the Big Sky in uh, in yeah. receiving yards per game at uh, good lord sounds about, sounds about right yeah uh, he's at 115 yards per game in uh, on the season only two touchdowns he's kind of wild he's got 34 receptions only two touchdowns uh, but. Hmm. Eastern has four guys in the conference's top twelve receiving yards. Do you see who's number two? In on the season, it's Bo Kelly. But well, in conference, are you? Mm-hmm. In I'm conference, conference play, Therese Trainer. 
Dude, okay, I, I just need to have confidence on these stats up. And we we know uh, Therese Trainer looks absolutely as good as advertised. Uh, but Eastern has about three three receivers that can absolutely beat you. Um, you referenced Talulli Mu Jones, mm-hmm. who now Eastern also their receivers specifically Jones. Uh, they absolutely can can drop passes. We were pretty big beneficiaries. That. Yeah, we were beneficiaries of that in the spring. But oh, good God, in conference. Lemu Jones averaging 200 yards per game. Tra- uh, trainers at 122.5. Yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's, but still good to see Trace Trainer number two. Uh, but I, we talk about big plays, right? You know, Lemu Jones is averaging literally 23 yards a catch. Um, so every time he catches the ball, there's two first downs <laughs> on, on on average, right? So when I talk about limiting big plays, I specifically mean limiting the receivers from getting 25 yard catches. Yeah, we we also have uh, just some names to pay attention to, guys from Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Efton Chisholm, the third number seven receiver in conference play at eighty eight point seven yards per game. Uh, we've talked on this show in Big Sky Big Takes before about Andrew Boston, who in twenty nineteen mm-hmm. was their top receiver. He's our number three receiver now, seventy nine yards per game. Uh, yeah, that, that's three guys who could be number one on a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also seen now from rushing, not trying to jump too far. Alex, but um, Merritt for Eastern Washington. Why do I not have his first name? Dennis Merritt. Um, mm-hmm. Averaging only 3.6 yards per carry, uh, but has looked has certainly looked better. It's kind of weird that he's down 3.6. Uh, prior to Montana, Northern Colorado, he was looking uh, radically improved. But you know he's, he's a solid player as well. Eastern absolutely has weapons. They've also got the best guy in the league to, to capitalize on those weapons. So I guess... Uh, Alex, before we transition to Idaho's weapons matching up against Eastern, um, mm-hmm. what are the matchups, I, I guess, there that are, in your mind, key matchup, most concerning matchup, take it whatever direction you want? Yeah, I, you know, if Lemo Jones is out, right, we're talking about him averaging 23 yards a catch in Big Sky play. And the reason I'm going to use Big Sky numbers is because I think it's best to compare that when it comes to playing Idaho um, because you can start including our, our other games that we're talking about too. Power five teams and a D two team and Simon Fraser. It doesn't like make as much sense to me. So, you know, Lemo Jones is averaging twenty three yards a catch in conference play. Chisholm and Boston are both averaging around thirteen. So that's that's a, that's a big drop off, right? If if their top guys out, we're talking about ten yards a catch, ten yards of difference per catch uh, between their one and their two and three. So if somehow Lemo Jones is that Lemo Jones is out. That helps our secondary, which is already kind of iffy to begin with. And probably, I can probably confidently say they're probably like our weaker posi- weakest position, position group at this point, Brian. Like we'd always question our O line, but I think now I'm just like, wait a minute. I think uh, our O line is actually de- halfway decent. Um, so I think that's the kind of matchup I want to see. If we if Limu Jones is out, let's keep Boston and Chisholm on lock. If Limu Jones is playing, uh let's try to limit as many big catches as possible. When it comes to the rush game, um, you know, we saw Idaho hold Alonzo Gilliam to about three, three and a half yards of carry versus UC Davis. Um, you know, and that's one of the more premier backs in the conference. This mayor has had a pretty good year, um, but he's only sitting there at three and a half yards of rush and big sky play. If we do that for hold him to that around his average, a little less, I feel pretty confident in stopping our run game and when their run game, when that's going to happen though, Brian, then we're going to force Barry to throw. And we're going to be seeing Barry throw the ball probably 40 times on Saturday, if I had to guess. Um, if our defense plays a run game well enough, like they have, 
then they're probably going to try to start really throwing the ball um, in the, in, in, during the game, even if they're up or down, right? Like Eastern's just going to probably try to throw in the ball. Yeah, so Limu Jones right now, the best information we have is, Alex, you're going to love the specificity here. He has a leg mm-hmm. injury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pretty specific. Not generic. Not just like, who knows which leg. They didn't, specify, they didn't specify which leg, so that's worse. Yeah, exactly. He's out with a leg injury. This is kind of like Dylan McCaffrey earlier in the year. He was out with an upper body injury. So I guess hey, leg legs a little more specific. Like we already know which hemisphere in the body a leg is. Uh, it'd be good to right. know. I guess the east west question now. We know it's but an extremity. Then, There's that's narrows it down to two or four, so we're halfway there. And we'll say against um, against Montana. One of the things I've talked about on the show before is Aaron Best, when he took over for Bo Baldwin, he it was a pretty big deal for him to say point of emphasis is to get a little bit closer to 50-50 in terms of passing yards, rushing yards offensively. In a good sense for Eastern, Aaron Best has let go of that a bit. <laughs> and um, I know against – I mean, you were there for 2019 Eastern where they mm-hmm. were pretty committed to establishing the run, which to me was – I was floored that – that was the route they went because that's a relatively speaking an Eastern weakness on night and a strength um, against Montana. They of course did run the ball, but they, they weren't force feeding against a, uh, you know, a front seven that was going to be tough on them. So I think you're right that uh, we're probably going to see Barry throw the ball a lot, <sighs> man. I, 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 I'm, this is a game that really there's so much intrigue to for Idaho. We we saw Mike Beaudry go down at the end of the Portland State game. We have, in the same way that we have minimal news about Tallulah Lima Jones, we have pretty minimal news about uh, Beaudry's status at this point, which, I mean, for our preview purposes means we might be seeing Beaudry or we might have a Borish 2.0 game, which, honestly, with how, how successful Borish has been uh, in his you know part-time role, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing for Idaho. You know, Borsch is among the in-conference stats. Top three. Yeah, at 6.3 yards per rush. And, Nuts. And something we just got to bring, there's there's two parts here that I want to talk about. Um, our Honestly, Borsch has been our best big play guy on the mm-hmm. ground. He's broken two gigantic touchdowns, plus his one pass, 46-yard touchdown pass. So really, uh, Borsch has been a big play guy for us. And all both our FCS. Games. Yeah, it's wild to think of on the ground is our is our home run threat is is on the ground, but it is. Uh, Borsch has been right. great, great, and you have to keep in mind because Paul's passed one time with Borish, we see it's a stacked box almost every time that he's out there because teams are teams are saying, "Look, Borish is out there. We know what he's doing." Well, this is has been kind of like Montana State in 2019, where Travis Johnson we knew it was going to be a rush. Borsch is averaging 6.3 yards per rush in conference uh, Troy against An- Troy Anderson back in the day. Yeah, well, it was both Troy Anderson and Travis yeah. Johnson. Montana, it was weird. Montana I'm, State rotated those two, but did the I'm exact same flash, thing. I'm having flashbacks in that. So yeah, they, they yeah, but they did the exact same thing. Borsch is averaging almost six and a half yards per rush against the stack box. I heard that's pretty good. Yeah, and, and you know, not just Borsch, but I mean, number seven in the conference in yards per game. This is Elijah Cummings, one of our stable of running backs. So Idaho has two of the top seven guys in the conference in, in rushing yards per game. And I mentioned this to Brian pre-show. Guys, we have rushed for over a thousand yards already on the season as a team. Like we have, we have rushed for like ten eighty and thrown for like ten seventy. 
Like kind of, you mentioned how Aaron Bass wanted to be like 50, 50. Well, Paul Petrino's accomplishing that this year in terms of our yardage accumulation on the year. Um, and if, if, if it works, if we do see a heavy dose of Borish right on Saturday, um, we saw him lat. We've all been clam- clamoring for him to throw more this year. I think if he does play majority of the snaps, Brian, I think we will see him throw more right on Saturday because last year versus Eastern, it was a surprise Borish game and he threw 12 times. I want to say what, six for 12. Am I, am I correct in that? If you keep talking, I might be able to do some. He's either like five for 10 or six for 12. Okay. Borish has gone in through this entire fall camp and all season practicing throwing still, right? And and running plays. Um, So I'm going to assume that if we do see a heavy dose of Borish on Saturday, we're going to see the equivalent of 12 passes or more actually out of him this weekend. I would actually lean more towards more, um, honestly, just to keep Eastern honest if it is Borish. If we do see the Borish Bowdry split, I never thought I'd say two quarterbacks is working, but two quarterbacks is seeming to work so far since CJ went down. Um, both guys know their role. Both guys do their role pretty well. Um, and we saw Beaudry, you know, you know, have cl- clutch it up there at the end of the game and, and make some great decisions um, against Portland State. So I have both confidence on whoever a quarterback is um, that we're going to be all right. I so got a fact, <laughs> fact check here. It okay. wasn't twelve. It wasn't ten. Oh so man, was it eight? The difference. It was eleven. Oh, shit. Five right. and, and for listeners, and hey, Eastern Washington fans, the if you watch the spring game, I'm fine saying you guys should probably ignore what the arm talent from Borch looked like when the wind was 25 miles an hour because uh, Eric Berrier was sub 50% in that game as well. So the wind was clearly impacting Eric Berrier. So if it impacts the best quarterback in the nation, like we're allowed to say it impacted Borish, and we're not yeah. 100% clear on what him throwing a decent amount looks like. Um, if he starts, we might get to see that. We now don't if, know. Yeah, we don't know because, uh, again, similar to the no news on Jones, we have no news on Beaudry. So um, <clears throat> let's do yeah, let's do real quick to, to uh, close out keys to game you know, projections. Uh, but I'm fine either way. Like you said, uh, Beaudry has been effective. Um He's been accurate, completed. Like he, the thing you brought up earlier in the season is if he's going to complete two out of three passes, then that's fine. That That is what – yeah, he's not Eric Berrier, but guess what? No one is. Um, if we get solid showing out of the quarterback and that's what Beaudry can do, we're okay. That's going to help us out. Um, I actually think understanding this game, it, it's kind of like a Montana Eastern light in that I think it's fair to say Idaho defensively is not the same as Montana. We have some strengths that are going to look similar to Montana, but not as – they're not – we're not going to get to the quarterback the same level Montana is. Our secondary is not Montana's secondary. But I will say Montana's rush attack is not ours. Montana's averaging, honestly, close to like half of what we're averaging on the ground uh, per rush in conference. Montana's at 3.6 yards per rush. We're at 6.2. And as a comparison, one of those games for Montana's Cal Poly, which is, that's I mean, that's a D2 caliber game. So, if you want to say Eastern did fine against Montana's run, I'm fi- I'm fine saying Eastern looks better, but uh, Cal Poly should pump that number up, and it didn't. So one, so that's how I'm kind of understanding this is it'll be a, a kind of different version of Idaho uh, of Montana Eastern, except for Idaho, the key as much as the key is going to be keeping pressure on Barrier, the key is going to be kind of like in the first Porsche game, uh, we need to have we need to keep the ball out of their hands. Yeah, time possession is going to be huge in my opinion here. Um, no, no mistakes. I want to see a big special teams play. I will say if you go look at I would love for us to be in the spot to return a punt 
uh, because so far Makai Stevenson has been pretty great at that, and, and those have shown to be some big plays. Um, we saw that versus Portland State. We had a great punt return. Um, so a big play on special teams is kind of my key to the game as, w- uh, as well here. Um, you know, be physical. If, if we show up Saturday morning just wanting to kick their ass, that's 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 all you can ask for from that Idaho team, right? If they show up just wanting to be more physical than Eastern, they'll probably mean it's going to be a one one score game if that happens, right? No, either way, I'm not sure. I'm not saying who's going to win. You know, I definitely say it's Eastern, but if the Idaho shows up wanting to kick ass, it's going to be a one score game. I think that's where we kind of compare to Montana, Brian, is that we like to play a certain physical style of football. It's not flashy. It's not a get on the edge and and do things. Not line up and you know, five wide or things like that um, and, and, and do things like that. It's going to be more physical style of game. Um, limit mistakes. I'm going to say that every week, but it's so true. Um, I, and we need to convert better in the red zone. We're only 12 of uh, – only 13 of 19 in red zone scores this year on the season, 12 of those being touchdowns. Um, it's not great. So we need to be only – we're going to 68% chance in the red zone. So if we get down there, we cannot squander a chance versus an Eastern team because we'll probably live to regret it. And the other keys I'm going to add, Idaho needs to start quick. Mm-hmm. We, we've just seen this about Idaho teams forever. We saw the steroids version against Portland State. We are – we're set up to, to get a lead and to try to hold that lead. Idaho doesn't have a rich history of comeback wins. And a team like Eastern, if they're going to start fast – like Eastern starting fast can bury you in the first quarter. Yeah. It not like if we start fast, we just have to, it's either, <laughs> it's either we have to jump out to a massive lead or we have to keep it back and forth the whole time. Right? Exactly. It's we need to not dig ourselves a hole. This this right. is not a team that is set up to dig themselves out of hole. Eastern, like look, Eastern did that against Montana. Eastern was down 21, 10 in the third quarter. And then they scored like, it was, it was either the third or fourth. They scored 24 points. This is Idaho's team is just not designed to do that. We are right. getting big plays in a way we didn't in the spring and really much in 2019, which can help you come back. But we've we've just I mean, look with, with in the Petrino era, we've just seen when we win, we're we're winning at halftime if we're going to win that game. And I or it's like a, or it's like a back and forth the whole time, right? Like yeah. we can't we can't we can't go down big. We can't go down by more than a touchdown at any point, pretty much, and expect to win a game that's pretty much that's pretty much like you know i it's, i i would agree and you know for some reason idaho loves to not play level their competition but yeah sometimes you know like instead of like like last week i think is a great example of that instead of just like we had the instead of just putting the foot on the throat and just going for it we just like lay off and go into it and then we're like all right let's compete again right like that's it's just an idaho thing to do and it, it's pretty annoying but uh you know, I lived it for a few years. So, yeah, we cannot be down big. Or we can't be down more than, like, three or five, three or seven, honestly, at any point. Yeah, 100% with you there. Um, I'm also – last point I want to bring up is um, it's a road game, Alex. And mm. this this is a monkey fry that Idaho still has to prove it's going to get off its back. Mm-hmm. We have a road win in the big sky since returning. That's – Northern Arizona last game of 2019 uh, and a game that was wild. Case Cookus and Mace Petrino combining for like 120 points, something like that. Gunslinger duel. Yes. Um, Just what you thought I'd say when you described Mason and Cookus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I have tried so hard to just make sure we're not even, I don't want to give our listeners PTSD that the dead horse is coming back, but and guys, it's not. We're, <laughs> that's we're a fun on. game. That's just, just a fun game to acknowledge existed in my opinion. 
right? You're, like, you're, no, you're, you're right. And like, yeah, Mason gets like 40% of his yards in one game. Yeah. Gets a was, all league, all conference vote. Yeah. Um, anyway, that that's our one, our one road win since returning to the big sky. We did, we were competitive against Eastern in Cheney last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 38, 31 in Cheney. Now asterisk, uh, we controlled time of possession in that game pretty dang well, so Eastern scored their points fast. Um, oh, man, the end of that but, game still upsets me, Brian. I don't, don't yeah. want to get into that. Uh, I will, but uh, last last point for, for me before we jump into predictions. Mm-hmm. In the spring, Idaho had the best rushing defense in the – you know, it was the, the abbreviated spring season. Not every team played, but at a per game, per yard, uh, per rush basis, Idaho is best in the league. We're not best in the league right now, but we still we don't look terrible at all against the rush. So, you know, fingers crossed that that's going to matter in terms of increasing like the third ball for Eastern, because again, we, we just need Eric Berrier to have high degree of difficulty plays. If he's going to make them, we're done. But he needs to have as many of those as possible, and that's how Idaho puts itself in position to compete. Any other any other closing points you have before we go to score predictions? Yeah, you talk about like the road ones. I was, I was just looking up down here. Um, you know, we've gotten better on the road. We haven't got that monkey off our back yet. But during the spring, we lost by seven at Eastern, two at Idaho State, and ten at NAU. It's gotten better to where we, it's not like Portland State twenty nineteen, right? You know, and so we're getting we're we're getting there. UC Davis, another close one. Our, so our last four road games have all been three have been seven points or less. One was ten. So it's not like. It's not like UC Davis, Portland State, 2018, 2019, where we just got our ass kicked on the road. Eastern in 2018. Um, we're getting there. We're like, we're, it's coming to get a decent road win. I'm just not sure if it's going to be this game, Brian. Well, also, Eric Berry is undefeated at home. And yes. Now, at some point, that streak will come to the end. But honestly, based off Eastern's schedule, that streak might come to the end because he graduates. Yeah, that's going to mean uh, they either he either wins out this year because they're probably going to be a seeded team and probably be a one or two seed and and have all home games uh, come playoff time, um, and they're going to win a national title, <laughs> or he you know that's <laughs> or he loses. They do have to play us. Um, you know, I'm a big situational guy, Brian. They do have us, and then Weber State next weekend um, at home. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a. Eastern's in a murderer's row of their schedule right now. They do have a they, buy sandwich in the middle though, so they're lucky there. Yeah, they're they're murderers. And they had row. one last and they had one last week because they played out in Northern Colorado. It's pretty much a buy. That pretty much is a buy that Idaho doesn't get. But Eastern, I think, has if they don't have the toughest schedule, they have one of the toughest schedules. They've already played Montana. Them and us, probably. Yeah, they've already played Montana. They play mm-hmm. us, Weber State, mm-hmm. bye week. Mm-hmm. Then now these are all home games. So in Cheney for Idaho, in Cheney for Weber, in Cheney in Cheney for Montana State. Then travel to UC Davis. Their last game of the season is the final edition of the Damn Cup at Portland State. Wait, but it's the final edition of the Damn Cup? How did I not know this? But I mean, yeah, well, because they're no longer um, protected not rivals. Protected. Oh, yeah, because uh, Montana upgraded and they now have Portland State as one of their protected rivals. You remember that part, right? No, the, the silence—the silence for listeners—is the devastation sinking back in. So yeah. happy back in the big sky, Brian. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, 
But yeah, Eastern is in the, in the midst of a murderer's row right now. Yeah, uh, they just have a tough schedule. But hey, uh, Bobby Hawk says you know he, he wants his Montana Grizzlies to to play the best so they can beat the best. Eastern gets to live that this year, and honestly, mm-hmm. uh, playing if you're go- minus the playoff teams that everyone thinks of as a playoff contender right now, if you're an Eastern fan. Idaho is a pretty tough game to have on your schedule out of the non top four, uh, top it's, five in the conference. It's sticky. You know, it's, it's, it's a weird, yeah, they've had, they've struggled with us. Like, like I said, every game since that 2008, our first game back in 2018 has been a one score game. You know, is that for some reason, Eastern just struggles with us. Their players know they struggle with us. Their coach knows they struggle with us. Like let's, I could be like a weird mental block for them. If you're Idaho, what do you have to lose? Right, you have nothing to lose. No one thinks you're going to win, so just go out there and play ball. No, and we've already avoided the catastrophe that I was terrified about during our FBS run, where you know, and we we've told listeners, look, you just have to be mellow while we get killed in these FBS games because this is how we pay for the athletic department. But I was terrified that we were going to lose to Davis, which we did, and then if we lost to Portland State, we'd be looking at no win until around October 30th. But hey, we avoided it. We got a. Not only did we get to win against Portland State, we got to see one of the best halves of Idaho football. Got to see one of the worst. But we also got to see one of the best halves of Idaho football we've seen in a long time. Uh, which nine, has and four, nine and four at home in the big sky. So it's what I'm going to keep going with. We're and, a good well, home team. And you brought this up too, Alex. Um, Idaho has no bad losses at home. Mm-mm. Montana 2018s are our worst loss, and they're six and five. Yeah, they're fringe playoff. They were not a bad team at all. Uh, we've had, no. the, the Sac State was an ugly loss. But but they were that was year they were seated. Oh yeah, that was a very good team, uh, very <laughs> good Sac State team, similar to this year, very good Sac State team, Chris at Chris uh, Hammond. Yeah, undefeated Big Sky guys, uh, Sac State, no losses. Hmm. So score predictions. Uh, we are without two of our uh, mm-hmm. favorite favorite contributors, Dallas and Chris. I'm going to read their takes because uh, they're not here, so I want to create suspense for hours. Dallas. Do you have the outline up, Alex? I because if you don't, I want to. I just want to see what your reaction is to the Dallas game score prediction. I do have it. Um, Fifty six twenty one Eastern is the Dallas game score prediction. You know, that's kind of what a that's a versus um, simulator score. Actually, it's pretty close to that. So, really? Yeah, I did it last week. I I don't have to subscribe. I got I did free three days last week. Need to use a new email account this week and get one. But it was like before we played and before they played, it was like 51 to 17 Eastern, I think, on versus. Let's drag this out a few more seconds uh, before we get to Chris's. Do you do you know the gap in Sagarin rankings between Idaho and Eastern? Oh, man. We're, it's like 100, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. I looked pretty, it up. Actually, it's pretty dang close so. to 100. Yeah. Um, Eastern Washington, they have the best Sagarin ranking in, in the big sky. They're 98. Montana's the next closest at 99. Mm-hmm. Idaho is 177. So we're mm. we're not quite doubled up. That'd be 196. But we're, the comparison is being doubled up uh, Sagarin ranking-wise. So uh, Sagarin would predict, look, I mean, an 80 to 90 point gap between rankings is, in the FBS would be the equivalent of an expected bloodbath. But uh, Chris has a different take. He he typed out an entire narrative about this, which I should have just put up in our outline. But I know our listeners love when we get to produce while they're listening or while they're watching. So enjoy it. Uh, here's Chris. You, sorry, you, you were saying something, Alex? Oh, I said provide some ambiance. 
Exactly. Yeah, try something yeah. else. What even tries more ambiance is when I accidentally cut you off when you're saying that too, and we have to repeat it. So Chris Hammond's take: I will take Eastern. Eastern 30, Idaho 26. My points being Eastern has blown us out only once since 1995. In fact, Idaho has a winning record against Eastern since 95. All-time Idaho 16 and 8 versus Eastern. Us. And since 1995, when we left the big sky prior to our return, Idaho went six and five, which, although in terms of Idaho being FBS, that's actually pretty bad being six and five against Eastern. Uh, since our return, we're dead. We're dead even at two and two. He says, I think our defense still is a nightmare matchup for them, but until we win on the road, either of these teams is rivalry. Um, I'll be taking the home team, meaning Eastern hasn't won in the Dome either. I think just like the past three meetings, Idaho takes the lead and relinquishes it in the fourth. So we've got two people picking Eastern. Dallas, about you are not Dallas. Alex, what about you? 38-28 Eastern. I think we're going to score a little bit, Brian, um, but I think we're just going to get slight. Might be kind of like a kind of like a similar game to the UC Davis game for us in the spring, right, where it's close, and then fourth quarter rolls around, and we just see a little separation. How many field goals does Eastern miss? One. And it's over the right upright this time. Okay. You, you Now, you saw their kicker. Like, Look, we typically don't joke about student-athletes on here, but their kickers look terrible this year. He's not like oh. Portland State bad. <laughs> that, guy was, that guy was bad. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, uh, Bo, you said 38-28 Eastern? Correct. This is a tough score to pick. Um yeah, I want look. I either want to pick a blowout Eastern win or a very close game. Yes, I couldn't and, decipher. Yeah, to which is tough because because um, I can go either way. Look, I'm good. I will say I think we're going to be able to run on Eastern better than Montana because mm-hmm. I think I think if you're a Vandal fan like me, you need to get over the spring PTSD. We weren't a very good running team in the spring. We look like a pretty good running team. We haven't played awful teams in conference, and we're looking good. But on the honestly, Eric Berrier looks like he's just been a different monster this year. Twenty-one touchdowns already. Uh, that's just passing. That's not rushing. Uh, Twenty-one touchdowns. Good lord. Um, and Eastern's handled the teams that you might call physical a little bit better than you would have expected. I'm not trying to pat UNLV on the back because they would not win the Big Sky. But Eastern won a low-scoring game there. Um, Montana. Eastern did Eastern obviously won, handled it. So I'm going to go Eastern. I hate to do this so much. 42 28 Eastern. And that is once I type in my score. Again, no one, there's nothing better about the show than producing live. I said 42 28, right? Yeah. Yeah, 42 28. Good. That's what I meant to do. Okay. That has been Around the Bar. Uh, presented by Hughes River. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. And you can even check you can even check out special trips like the one to see the Perced meteor shower. Yeah, I was asking. Camp on pristine beaches. Run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the history along the river, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. You just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976 and ready to, ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem Strait. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Um, before, before, that was pretty good. 
Uh, you, you nailed the beaches part, so that's all that matters. Um, I, I also want to shout out Nick Weber's take. Ryan, if you can put that up on the screen real quick, his last comment. Oh, man, that was a game, a safety to start out. It was like a, was like a safety, a field goal for Idaho, and then Eastern had one touchdown went for two, and there was a streaker during that game. That was the most eventful part of that game. I, I was there. I remember it. Joey Harrington, man. What was the year that Idaho had like the we got like shut out against Eastern? Was that the year they won the championship? That was no, that was twenty twelve. This year, he got fired. Okay, that. So. I, I know we're not like we're we're done with that era of, of Idaho football, but that is maybe the single roughest Idaho game I can ever remember. Of I didn't even, I remember going that game thinking, look, Eastern's good. They're probably going to win, and then zero. We put up a zero. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was the year he got fired. So, can't uh, we'll never have imagined that uh, FCS team <laughs> shut you out and you don't keep your job. How how that happened? Watching the TV, Alex. We're gonna p- go through picking the Big Sky. Uh, we're also gonna use this for a quick Big Sky update on a handful of teams. Uh, game one is on Friday mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or 10 p.m. Mountaineer Time. Montana State at Weber State on ESPNU. Weber State kind of reeling right now, Alex. This is like a make or break game for them, right? Like if they lose this, they're definitely not going to the playoffs. If they win this, they have to like win the rest of their games to go to the playoffs. Um, and this is for, you know, a team that's been seeded recently, won multiple conference championships. Like yeah. I'm going Weber State. I, I think I just, A, I'm not that high on Montana State to begin with. I just don't know how good they actually are. Um, I'm going to take the better coach. You know, I see Patrick saying, give me the cats. Well, joke's on you, Patrick. They're both the cats. We have the Bobcats versus the Wildcats. So I guess you're right here. Yeah, I see what you did there. Um, I just, I, I, I take the better coach. I mean, Jay Hill's a better coach than, than Brett Vegan. We like, you know, that's. What we think it's, it's early in the yeah, yeah, I guess that's what we think. I mean, you know, Jay Hill has a track record. He's one of the best coaches in this, in the subdivision. Um, he's taking a team that was nothing into making him just a perennial winner. And all the Weber State Weekly guys are worried about every year him being poached by Utah for the some weird reason they fire Kyle Winningham, which they'll never fire Kyle Winningham. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna go Weber State. I just I think they need a more hungry dog runs faster, Brian. Montana State is really not possible to gauge in my mind because they have they have a schedule Idaho would kill for. Like if Idaho had played yeah. the Montana State schedule of Drake, who would be a, a not that Ooh. great two team, San Diego, uh, we already another beat one state. Sorry, you said say that one again. So another another great great one. Jesus Christ, yeah, San Diego. Uh, then at Portland State versus Northern Colorado and versus Cal Poly, Idaho would be at worst four and one with that FCS. My God, FCS like I would. I would murder for that, Brian. I would like die. I would die for that schedule. And Montana State has really blown out every team except Portland State, where they they only won by thirteen, which you know that's a comfortable win this morning. We won by. I'm gonna go with Montana State because I think. Look, I didn't pick Weber to win the league in my preseason poll. I picked them three. I should have picked them lower, but I didn't have faith in Eastern handling physical teams so far like they have, and. Jay Hill, not a put down. He's a fantastic coach, but I think we can call him the quarterback whisperer at this point, right? I mean, we listeners to our show will love to know that Jay Constantine actually looks like a pretty good quarterback at Rice now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've joked about him on this show, mostly because Weaver State guys don't like him. But it, it, I don't know how, when we get to the point where offensively the problem is Jay Hill. It's not all these things Weaver State lacks. It's they just don't score enough. They yeah. make, Their defense has to be too good every week, every play to handle that margin of error, which is slim. So it's going to be a good game. But, look, I think Montana State's better than UC Davis. And I, so I think Montana State wins even hmm. in Weaver. Hmm. All right. Uh, next game, much more interesting because of one guy mm. on this show. We've already talked about mm. Idaho. Sacramento State at Montana. Hmm. 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 You know, Montana didn't look great last weekend versus Dixie State, 31-14. And Dixie State has been a doormat for multiple Big Sky teams this year, including Weber State, um, if I recall. Um, oh, man. Who's, oh, let me just check one thing here. I'll, I'll talk while you're, oh. you're checking something out. Oh, I should know this. Yeah. I, Brian, I'm I'm gonna go on the limb. I, I'm gonna go Sac State. I want to get a little frisky here. I do. I think I think uh, I think Troy Taylor's a good coach. I think Montana's still trying to figure out who they are post Cam Humphrey. I know all the Grizz Grizz fan guys think that you know Cam Humphrey was the problem there, um, but clearly like he, how, they thought he was a starter for the reason. I I, I will never understand like when co- when people think oh the backup's better. Well, clearly, the, like CJ was our starter this year, Brian, right? And like all of us wanted CJ. You know what I mean? Like the coach makes names a starter for a reason. They know more than we do. They are professionals at their job. So Cam Humphrey was, huh? In theory. In the, yeah. Cam Humphrey, um, you know, was our starter. And, and so I, I'm just going to go Sac State. I want to get a little frisky here. Look ahead game for Montana coming to the dome next week. You know, might just kind of look over Sac State here. Um, at home, they might go. Ah, we'll, we'll be. We'll get this one and move on, um, and, and take care of. Uh, <laughs> put it in a reader, says Chris. Uh, take, take. I think I, I'm just gonna go Sac State. That's mainly for Chris. I have nothing to lose. I need to make some crazy comebacks picks anyway. Couple items of news: uh, Sacramento State is committed to a two quarterback system this year. So if you, if you guys, if anyone is following them, wondering like, hey, is Dunaway gonna emerge or is O'Hara? No, like uh, Troy Taylor was quoted. I made the mistake of reading a Sac State article this week because um, Elijah Dotson in like, 2019 was all big sky. He was preseason all big sky this year. He left the team for family reasons at Sacramento State. He's a gr- was a great, uh, great big sky running back. Hadn't really been playing much this year. So in terms of what Sac State has on the field, it doesn't change much for him. But, hey, it's a loss. Uh, we wish guys didn't feel like they had to leave the team for family stuff. But – Read an article about that, and Troy Taylor has said, "No, we're we're doing two two quarterbacks. Uh, Jake Dunaway is more likely to pass. Um, Asher O'Hara is there, kind of boorish, where they let him throw, but he's also a runner. But he's not as good a runner as boorish. But you know, he, he's fine. Um, and he's been okay. I, we we've talked about not being great, but anyway, they're committed to two quarterbacks. That's kind of weird. Uh, Montana, real good question uh, is how." how they're going to be offensively because they haven't been good enough mm-hmm. offensively. Um, Sac State is one of the better teams on their schedule. They have, they have like the easy one of the easiest schedules in the league uh, where Sac State, honestly, Sac State and Idaho are their like number three and four tough big sky games. Other than that, they have, they've already lost Eastern, they have Montana State close season. I'm going to pick Montana 
but I, I think it's going to be closer than people expect, especially yeah. Chris. And I think it's a, it's a real question how relaxed Montana gets with Chris Brown at quarterback because against Dixie, they eventually pulled away. But Montana had three points against Dixie at half. Dixie would right. – I mean, the, the big sky comparison for Dixie, that's Cal Poly, right? Yeah, or, or Southern Utah maybe, you know. I'd like to see Southern Utah versus Dixie. Uh, but, I, I, yeah, I just think, you know, if they can't quite figure it out and things get a little – thing, I could, I could feel – it could get a little tense there in Wagres on Saturday if uh, things aren't going too right and Sac State's putting some points up. So I could I could sense that happening. It doesn't seem like that unreasonable. No, not, not at all. And that leads us to one of our two games of the week. Southern Utah mm. travels to Flagstaff. Southern Utah at mm. Northern Arizona. Both Trophy Chris- game. I can't believe that. Jesus. And by the way, how is Southern Utah and Northern Colorado not a trophy game? But – uh Chris and Dallas both picked NAU. They have faith. They have faith in um, Coach Chris Ball in quarterback. I don't know why I can't remember his name. It's like Rodriguez, I believe is his last name. I can look it up while you're while you're going over while you're talking about them. But uh, Northern Arizona still riding high in Sager and rankings. They only have two wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to go NAU at home. Um, they're at home. So Utah's not that good. NAU's not that good, but I'm going to go with the team who's at home. So, NAU. RJ Martinez is the quarterback I can never remember from Northern Arizona. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I want to pick Southern Utah because they've been – in the spring, they were close every game. They've had They're some – frisky. They have the ability to look kind of frisky. But in all of those close games they've had, and some close games this season too, um, you know, like they – they only lost by seven to Portland State. So Southern Utah, relative to bad team, they're not terrible. I just I just don't think they know how to win because they oh. keep losing close games. <laughs> they're allergic to it. Yeah, they like it they're they're not a terrible team talent wise, but they even against Northern Arizona in spring, they had two close games. They should have won both. They won none. And RJ Martinez looks like a much better quarterback than Keandre Woodsy. I think they figured it out. Uh, by the way, in conference, RJ Martinez is, is the number two quarterback in the Big Sky. However, huge amount of that buttress off killing uh, Idaho State. So I'm taking NAU. That's a clean sweep. But that leads into our next game of the week. Idaho State travels to mm. Portland State. And again, somehow Chris and Dallas have both picked Portland State. I don't know why. I'm also going to go Portland State here, Brian. Um, I just don't know. I, I think that Idaho State team last weekend is like going to just think that they're good, right? It's going to be like a, it's going to be a, hey, yeah, we won a game. It's great. Like we beat a team we shouldn't have beaten. And then they're going to just go face plant in Hillsborough Stadium um, versus Davis Alexander and Barney Ball. So plus Portland State's top five. So, I mean, come on now. Well, that's first- a simple answer here. Well, first, how do you not pick Idaho State on the road? I don't know when their last road win was. I, I'm not going to – and none of us are going to look it up. But uh, Idaho State on the road now you, now, you got me, now you got me curious. Well, hey, last time they were on the road, we saw them lose by 500 to Northern Arizona. Um, really quick comment on, the UC, on UC Davis losing at Idaho State. I paid attention to that game while I was running errands. And what happened is – Hunter Rodriguez looked terrible coming back. UC Davis. I wish he would have played versus. I wish he would have played versus us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he would have had a ten for twenty-two game against us, yeah, I would have been okay with that. Um, 
UC Davis turned the ball over a lot. Idaho State did not. Weirdly, the team that did not turn the ball over a ton won. Uh, Tyler Vanderwall is still not back. Hunter Hayes looked better against UC Davis, but he like he still didn't look great. Until Vanderwall's back, I'm not going to touch Idaho State, so I'm picking Portland Ooh. State as well. Idaho State did have a road win in the spring, Brian, at Southern Utah. Okay, well, and we just covered that, didn't we? Can't yeah, remember. So, so, I mean, we just covered the Southern Utah factor. Jeez, like, their games the, are close. They oh, just my God. Idaho, Idaho State, all but their first game of the year, was five. every game was five points or less. What a, and they went two and four. That's brutal. Like they, I just they literally beat Southern Utah by two, lose to Eastern by four, lose to Davis by four, beat us by two, lose to Weber by five. Like, well, Idaho State seemed frisky after the spring because of that. But they, to me, they've kind of been the number one fool's gold out of the yeah. spring. Yeah, like I, Southern I, I, Utah, they've looked similar. Like their games are a lot of their games are close. Or like they look Southern Utah lost fifty to twenty one against Eastern, but for almost first half it was actually pretty close. And then Eastern killed them. Yeah, in the second I, half. I was I was expecting more on Idaho State um, this year so far than than what we've seen. I, so who knows? Maybe that win versus Davis will get some things going. But yeah, until Vanderwall's back, I can't trust him. And our final game, Northern Colorado at UC Davis. Do you mm. want to spend more time talking about the UC Davis conundrum, or do you want to talk about the thus far failed McCaffrey experiment? Whew. The failed McCaffrey experiment is going just as uh, uh, well as the Urban Meyer experiment in, in Jacksonville. Um, man, UC Davis is a quarterback situation. Like We were in the trailer on Saturday, and we're like, if they play, is it Tompkins, Tom, Thompson, whoever the, the, runner, the runner is? Well, keep, who's, keep talking. I'll look it up. UC Davis's runner quarterback. I think it was Tompkins. If they play him versus Idaho State, they probably win by two or three scores. Um, you know, there's Hastings, the backup, who they also, if they play him versus Idaho State, they probably win by two or three scores. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't know who they're going to play quarterback. Like, I don't know if you're Dan Hawkins, what do you do? You know, do you go out there with, do you go, this is our guy, Hunter Rodriguez, who UC Davis fans already didn't want for the most part and think Hastings is going to be better than. Um, you know, do you roll out there with Hastings or do you go out Zach Boris style and just run the triple option the whole time? Triple Trent option. Tom- you got the name right. It was Trent Tompkins. Yeah, that's what I thought. He looked pretty good versus us. Like, you know, I'm still going to pick UC Davis. Um, Northern Colorado is a dumpster fire. It was rolling down a rolling down a hill, um, <laughs> slowly. Uh, so I still have to go with UC Davis here. Like it would have to be Hunter Rodriguez type of game for Idaho State for UC Davis have a cha- for Portland Colorado to have a chance to win this game. Yeah, Hunter Rodriguez gonna have to be ter- just be terrible. And to me, you definitely go with Hunter Rodriguez. He's had a bad game. He's a solid yeah. guy. Trent Tompkins is probably better, honestly, in the way we're using Borish more, but he's not the the guy so far. No, he's a gadget um, guy. Yeah, well, and Borish has been a fantastic runner. He needs the ball in his hand. But I think it, at this point, that's the dynamic you'd project for Trent Tompkins as being most effective. And Hunter Rodriguez has had good games. So yeah. you, maybe you write off that Idaho State was first game back from a concussion uh, you know, Holt Arena, he thought he stepped into an episode of Stranger Things like we all do mm-hmm. when we see Holt Arena. I saw and, too many seats. Too many seats. Yeah. Uh, by the way, too many like carnival colored seats. 
Well, that's been the thing. It's always been like that. But did you know they're going to render that, Brian? Have you seen that? They're, they uh, are. They got a donation from ICCCU, or I just think they're throwing an extra C. Um, ICCU is uh, giving them some money. They're going to make all the seats brand new. And they're going to put a club area in the top one of their stands. So um, props to props to Idaho State for that. I'd better look up their attendance on Saturday. 5,200 5, was the attendance in, in the pokey. Do we ever see an official attendance number on ours? Like, did that ever come out? Um, I'm sure it did. And someone who is not trying to look up Dylan McCaffrey's terrible stats would be great yeah. at finding it. Uh, uh, oh, I just found ours. What was Any it? Guesses. All right, take a guess. Uh, 12. Oh, Brian, that's a little too high. Okay. Uh, let me, seven. Let me, seven. For homecoming, we had seven? Seven. Really? Seven. That was it? Yeah. Tough. Yeah, that, Welcome that, to the big sky. Well, I mean, this is a separate topic that we might sometime talk about. This is this is why I thought this season was important for Idaho because, and you were honestly right when you talked earlier a while back that um, Idaho needed to turn the corner in the spring season when we played to build enthusiasm and we didn't turn it quite enough. Uh, but uh, I was just terrified that coronavirus plus having, at some point Idaho just is going to need to win for a long time to, to build a big fan base back. And Portland State is not exactly a marquee game for homecoming. I'll be interested to see what the attendance is next um, Saturday and how many of them are going to be Grizz fans. Yeah, I don't care. I'll take that. I'll take that. I can tell you, I think the tickets should look okay because I have a colleague who I'm giving my tickets to because she said the tickets are kind of expensive now for the Grizz game. Interesting. Which makes Honestly. it sound like at least a handful have been sold. But uh, to shift to Northern Colorado and UC Davis, Northern Colorado looks just abominable. Uh, they scored over 40 against UC, against Houston Baptist. And since then, in 16 quarters, they have 51 total points. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, Dylan McCaffrey, he is putting it, he's averaging less yards per pass than Borish is running. Dear Honestly, God. He, Dylan McCaffrey, look, Borish is averaging in commerce play six, 6.3 yards per rush. Dylan McCaffrey does not have a single game this year where he's averaged 6.5 yards per pass. Not His tough. best is 5.6 against Colorado. But in big sky play, he averaged five yards a pass against Northern Arizona. He threw 40 times and didn't break 200 yards. Mm. Why can't we play Cal Poly and Northern Colorado this year, Brian? Why do we have to play Montana? I guess I mean why do we have to play UC Davis instead? Like I would love to just change out UC Davis for one of those teams. That would have seemed fair. I know what you're saying. Like we want Montana, Montana State Eastern, but look, we want a couple games to prep too. I want some wins. Yes, especially when especially when we throw away two wins every year versus FBS teams, Power oh. Five teams. Earlier when you said Montana State schedule, I thought about it. I'm convinced that if Montana State had our schedule, they'd either be two and three or three and two. Like it's not like they would be like they would probably they would lose to Oregon State, they'd lose to Indiana. You know, they might the UC Davis game would have been tricky, you know, on the road. I'm not you know what I mean? Like if we had Montana State schedule, we'd probably have a very similar record to them. If they had our schedule, they'd probably have a similar record similar record to us. So it's just I just had that thought. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think Montana State would probably Relative to how we saw UC Davis play against us, I'd probably say Montana State should win that game. But uh, it, it would be competitive at the very least. 
And to finish talking about Northern Colorado, obviously I'm picking Davis. I think Idaho State was a fluke. Mm -hmm. And similar to we always pick Idaho State on the road, like we're all picking Northern Colorado on the road every time they play, especially a team that is averaging in Big Sky Conference play sub-20. They haven't touched 20. I mean, they they needed overtime to get to 17 against Northern Arizona. Bring the storm. Bring the storm, whatever they said on social media when they played Montana State. The storms are coming. Remember that? A storm is coming. Yeah, and the storm is, I don't know, their locker room tears or something like that. But anyway, the that's picking the big sky. Uh, we are well over an hour, which is what happens yeah. when you let the grade F producer run the show. And when we multiple times tell us tell each other, hey, keep talking so I can look that up. I think it's time to close the bar, Alex. I think so. So kickoff, like we talked about for Idaho, 1130. Worst kickoff time in the world. But you know what? We're rolling off a win, which means we don't have a loss to talk about for a while, which makes a good day to be a vandal. It's now time for the best band in all the land. Wait, no, it's not time for the best band in all the land. It's time for Colby Acuff. Colby Acuff. Colby Acuff. Lay us out. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals in the craft. All just out there living the dream. Part of one and only Moscow drinking team.